Welcome to Sacred Magic. Violet is on a quest to bring sacredness back into our everyday experiences. Anyone can have an extraordinary life when they are able to tap into the sacred magic within. Violet and her guests will be sharing their divine passions, inspirations, and stories of connecting with their sacred magic. We are so happy you have joined us today. Let's get started with your host, the magical creator of Discover Your Spiritual Gifts, Violet Rain. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sacred Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Violet Rain, and my guest today is Elle Swan. She's a geeky spiritual Sedona dweller who spends a lot of time building relationships with elemental beings, making Halloween into a lifestyle, and enjoying being human. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you talked about before we got on the show that you've been in Sedona for over 10 years. So what took you on your spiritual journey and what led you to move to Sedona? Yeah, I'm almost (laughs) 10 years. Not quite. We're working on it. Um, (laughs) Back in 2014, I actually lived in Colorado. I saw that that's where you are. Is that right? Uh Uh Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I lived um, near the Springs area and I moved out there from the East Coast. Um, My partner and I actually went there for our senior trip in high school and we fell in love with it. But while I was there, I was on Facebook and I was starting to see people talking about Sedona and having all their cool experiences. And I was seeing just how spiritually grounded the community was. So I was just like, I don't know. I may need to go check this out. So I came out to visit and I just fell head over heels in love. And within the next couple of months, I moved out here. We found a house and the rest is history. It really was super simple. It was just like, I just felt this pull towards Sedona, like Colorado was great, but this is where I need to be. So it just, it was this instant symbiotic connection. And I, I felt kind of heartbroken, honestly, having to go back and pack up my stuff. Cause I was like, I don't want to leave. This is, this is my place. This feels like my real home on earth, but we came out here and it's been absolutely beautiful ever since. That's awesome. So Talk to us a little bit about your connection with elementals. Has that always been the case for you or is that something that came along? In a way, when I was younger, I was having experiences with different beings, not just mermaids, but primarily. And um, I didn't really know what was going on. I grew up in like a really conservative fundamentalist type of home. So we had some pretty rigid rules about what we could and couldn't do. And there was only like one choice for belief systems. If you deviated outside of that, it was bad news for you. So I kind of kept it all to myself. And then as time went on, I left home. That was around 2010, 2011. And in 2012 is really when it anchored in for me. And I started meeting people who also connected deeply with elementals and kind of helped me fill in the gaps and understand what was going on. So even though I was having experiences when I was younger, it's not like it is now. I've, I have had to cultivate those relationships and, you know, like meditation and lucid dreaming techniques where I contact these beings. So talk to us a little bit about mermaids. What is mermaids? What is mermaid energy for those listening that may have not ever thought, <coughs> excuse 
excuse me, that that magical little mermaid movie that we watch from Disney, mm -hmm. that there's actually mermaids out there. So share with us a little bit. For sure. So mermaids exist in what we would call the astral realm. So it's kind of like a non-physical, dreamy, spiritual realm as opposed to our physical world. And mermaids are fundamentally the spiritual embodiment of the water element. And their biggest um, trademark, if you want to put it that way, is that they're pure love. They're the most, some of the most loving beings in the universe because they exist to love to heal, to create peace, and all of those great things. And they can work in conjunction with other elementals, such as, say, salamanders, or th those are fire spirits, or gnomes, which are earth spirits, um, who are more oriented toward, like, justice and creative potential. But after those things take place, the mermaids come in and they really bring balance to the spiritual equation. So when we integrate them into ourselves, I think that we really um, connect with the many keys that we're sometimes missing on Earth for establishing peace and creating almost this telepathic and deeply empathic connection to one another. I love that. I love that. I feel like I'm mermaid energy. I love water, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it also means I have a high level of emotions um, because that's what water's all about is that emotion and it's learning to find that balance, right? And mm -hmm. I'm very attracted to the water and the water elements. And so, you know, I have always been really attracted to that mermaid energy of love and flow and reflection and all those energies that come in through the water element. So um, beautiful. how would somebody connect if they're interested in connecting to those beings? Yeah, um, there's a lot of different ways you can connect. I go into it a little bit in my book and on my blog, but for people who say don't want to commit to like a really rigorous spiritual path, some people do, and that's fantastic. But if you want more of a laid back approach, I always recommend that, I mean, of course you want to spend time in water, but start with just channeling what comes to mind. Um, reflect what's in your spirit through art. It could be drawing or painting or poetry. That's like one of my favorite things to do. I love poetry. Um, you can practice lucid dreaming techniques because what I found with spirits is that lucid dreaming is one of the safest ways for them to initially connect to us and let us kind of get used to their energy because it's our dreamy or astral selves experiencing everything instead of our physical bodies as well, like it would be in meditation. To me, there is a big difference. So I think that those are the best starting points, but I do have a meditation in my book that can kind of help people get the idea of what it feels like to play with the water element and to connect with the mermaid realm initially to make sure that it's right for them. So talk to us about your book. What is the title of your book and what brought you to writing it? Share some more about your book. Sure. I actually have it right here. <laughs> um, it's called How to Become a Mermaid, Embodying the Elemental Energy of Water. And the entire reason I wrote it is that, number one, I'm a huge bookworm. I read about 300 books a year. It's just, I, it's my passion. I love it. Um, but when I was younger and I would go to the Borders bookstore near my home, I would comb the bookshelves kind of looking for books about mermaids. And I would find some like in the kids section, but they were all fiction, which is all well and good. 
but it wasn't quite what I was looking for. I didn't fully understand that I was connecting to mermaids all the time, but I kind of had the gist. I had the idea that these were water beings because they would appear out of water. And um, I was just, I was kind of put out that no one <laughs> had really written anything about them yet. So we get to 2012 when I'm kind of, you know, shifting into Colorado and getting ready to move to Sedona and having, I guess, somewhat of an awakening and decompressing from a more um, rigid upbringing. And I was still looking and I was just like, I, I was telling one of my friends, his name is William Mistily. He's done mermaid research for years. And I was just like, other than you, I'm not seeing anyone who's writing about this. And he was just like, well, I guess that means you need to write it then. <laughs> so over the years, I, you know, gathered my experiences. I really grounded into my techniques. I created content more in like blog form. And I had a mermaid tumbler for a while. And I wrote a mermaid book and initially it was just going to be a PDF. I just was going to put it online. I didn't even think about really getting published. And then um, William took it and gave it to one of his publishing friends at Inner Traditions and they wanted it. And it was just, it was so synchronous and easy and it just flowed and it, it was perfect. So we have this. Well, <laughs> cool because I actually own that book. Um, and I have a mystery school and we talk about mermaid energy and love and grace. And we, it's one of the recommended books in my program. So oh congratulations. Oh my goodness. Thank you. That makes my heart so warm. <laughs> well, mermaid energy, you're right. A lot of people don't understand it. They don't understand what it means and they don't understand always the magic of the sea and the ocean and mermaids and all the animals that live in the ocean and mm -hmm. how much magic there is within those elements. And so I love to introduce people to new concepts and new ideas. So they bring that in. That's so you amazing. talked about earlier about lucid dreaming, Elle. For mm -hmm. people listening that don't understand what that means, share with us your perspective of what is lucid dreaming. When do we lucid dream? those types of things. Yeah, for sure. So lucid dreaming is basically you're asleep, you're dreaming, and you wake up in the dream. So you're aware, maybe just for a few seconds, that you are dreaming. And it's it's such a cool experience, but it can be a little jarring too sometimes because you realize, wait, I'm not, I'm not asleep. And if you're really lucky, you can stay in the dream like the first couple times you do it, maybe for a few seconds more, and you can kind of play with the astral realm or the dream world in that way. You can maybe jump a lot higher than you normally could or fly, or you can um, consciously facilitate a conversation with some being you may not see in your everyday, you know, waking physical life. So that is, that's lucid dreaming in a nutshell. It's very straightforward. It's where you're aware that you are dreaming. The thing about it though, is that most of us initially start lucid dreaming quite by accident. And um, from almost everyone that I've heard from, it's an experience that they want to have again. So then the practice is centered around cultivating, becoming aware and awaking your dreams. And there's a lot of different techniques for that. There's like the um, wake back to bed method. That's where you will set an alarm about halfway or about five hours into your sleep cycle. You'll wake up. Um, some people do it for a full hour. I cannot do that or I will not go back to sleep. I do it for about 10 or 20 minutes and you can make some tea. You can do some yoga. You can center your 
thoughts or your intentions on what you would like to dream about. You can kind of build a dream landscape in your head and then you go back to sleep and it makes it much more likely that you will lucid dream at that point because you've kind of pulled yourself out of your sleep cycle and then you're going back in and you have all of those hopefully thoughts and maybe you built up some emotion to kind of carry through and bleed into the dream world. I love that. I love that. I've had some opportunities throughout my lifetime where I was lucid dreaming and it's, it's a place that's very real, right? It's a mm -hmm. place that you wake up and you go, that wasn't in my imagination. That was a real place. Yes. And I was really there mm -hmm. and I really got to do these things. Um, I remember my first encounter with lucid dreaming. My family has been deceased since I was very, very young. Uh, by the time I was 24, my parents and grandparents were all on the other side. And in my mid-30s, I had a lucid dream where my parents were there and I could touch them. I could smell them. I could wow. talk to them. And I knew that they had passed and I knew I was in a dream state. And it was just like a very short amount of time that I got to spend with them and ask questions and talk. And it was like in a physical realm that I could actually feel that touch and and experience all those senses, right? Right. And so you wake up and you tell people about it and they're like, oh, that was just a dream. I go, oh no, that was not just That was real. Right. That was real, mm -hmm. right? Um, so lucid dreaming is a very magical place where you can do lots of things. So those people listening that want to have that experience, it is an amazing experience to have. Absolutely. So... I thank you so much for sharing your book with us. I'm so excited. So talk to us about some of the things that are in your book that if someone picks it up, because we do carry it in our store at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts in Littleton. So it is one of my um, have on the shelf type of books. So talk to us a little bit about what people can find in that book that are searching for more information about mermaids. Yeah, for sure. Um, First, I talk about the water element just by itself without mermaids and some of the potentials with it. Um, I talk a little bit about my story and um, my awakening into mermaids themselves and how they've used physical fish in a way to kind of anchor their energy into my life and into the physical realm, which is really, really cool. I talk about some of those fish personalities and um kind of those animal allies, you know, that come into your life for a season and for a special reason and how they've really informed my understanding of the mermaid realm. And I go on to talk about, um, I, I do a big meditation for, as an introduction to the mermaid realm, because the thing about the mermaid realm, when you really meditate on it and you go deep is that everyone has a different physiological response to it. So, some people can get so detached from their human body because the mermaid realm is so attractive and it's so, um, how should I say, it's all encompassing. It fully takes over your consciousness because that's just what it does. It's all embracing that people can kind of neglect their spiritual bodies or they can stay in the mermaid realm for too long and they can experience negative physical consequences for that. It's also really, really cold. So I give people a gentler, softer introduction to kind of like the outer valence or the outer shell of the mermaid realm. So they can kind of, you know, taste test it or dip their toes in and make sure it's, you know, that they're easing in and not just falling in the deep end, so to speak. So that's the big thing. 
But I also go into other fun stuff. I talk about astral allies like krakens and gorgon medusas and hydras and selkies and their potential to help us from the other side. Um, let me see. I channel a couple of the mermaids. And then in the very back, I have a question and answer section with questions I've received through the years like, do mermaids need to eat? Or do mermaids really have tails? Or um, I talk about astral immortality, which basically means that after you die, your astral or like your dream body does not deteriorate like it can sometimes, you know, from incarnation to incarnation, because you've made nature and the elemental realms a part of you. And it basically makes your astral body immortal and you carry it with you from life to life. So once you cultivate, say, let, let's go with the earth element. If you have astral immortality in the earth realm, that means that when you incarnate again, that's immediately going to be a part of your aura. It's You're not starting over from scratch because it's something that's truly become embedded into the very core of your being. So hopefully that's all that all makes sense, but <laughs> that's the it overarching view of my book. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would love to pick up your book. Talking about this astro immortality, can you have all the elements or do most people lean towards one or the other? Yeah, the ultimate goal is definitely to have all four elements, but I, in truth, have never met a human, myself included, who has integrated all four because that takes many, many lifetimes to really master that. And that's what we want to do, but usually we kind of get on our path and we gravitate toward one or two. So for me, that's water and air. Those are my strongest and I'm not as great with the earth or fire elements, even though I do talk to the elementals. I haven't fully made those a part of myself, but that's a journey that takes many lifetimes. And it's just, it, it's fun because you know that you have so many great things to look forward to. I love, I love all that. So talk to me a little bit. You say in your bio that you're trying to make Halloween a lifestyle. <laughs> so what does, what does that mean? Tell us your, your perception of that. Yeah. Um, there's not really much of a spiritual connotation to it for me, other than maybe like bringing the spiritual realm more into the physical, which can creep some people out. But I don't know. I do mermaids. I don't think they're that creepy. But uh, <laughs> um, it's really I love Halloween. I love everything like creepy, especially creepy cute. I'm actually part of the goth community, and most people have no idea what that means. So the goth community is a music based subculture. When people think goth, they're usually like, oh, it's someone who's got like a really angry demeanor, sad demeanor. It's all about the way they dress, and it has really nothing to do with that. Fashion is a pillar of goth, but our music is the biggest basis, and it's why we love to do what we do. So um, I'm really big into the music scene in that way, and I just love bringing all of the cozy creepy, darker aesthetics into my life and really embracing that aspect of myself through, you know, I, I like to decorate my house year round for Halloween and just live my best life. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And more people should do that, right? For more sure. people should live what brings them joy and happiness instead of listening to what we, sh what others think that we should be doing, right? Exactly. We should follow our heart. 
we all have our own like inner cycles and things like that and the human aspect is just as important as the spiritual one so i think the balance is really good when we can figure out what we love here but then also figure out what we need to integrate spiritually it's a really good feeling i love that i love that well as a person that lives in sedona what are the best parts of sedona if somebody wanted to go and visit sedona What are some of your highlights, recommendations of Sedona? Because I visited Sedona once and I was really kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, I'm going back to Denver (laughs) because I can find what I need there. So I don't know if I missed something, if I didn't see everything. So share with us your perspective of Sedona. Yeah, Sedona is for a very particular type of person. So like not anyone who's better than anyone else, just a certain personality type, I think. So if you're looking for a lot of nightlife, you know, you like to go clubbing or you like to socialize, or you like to, you know, go do late night games at arcades or whatever it is that people do, we don't have that here. So our nightlife is going out looking at the stars, it's hiking, it's very, very nature-based. So if someone comes here, I would say, I don't know, Hiking's the big thing, but if they can't do that, I would go to, we have a Facebook group called Sedona, the people's suggestions, and people will suggest the places with the best views and the best rooms and the best food and drinks and things like that. So at least you can experience the landscape, you know, from wherever you're able to do so. But the highlights, if you wanted to stop at certain places, I would say Bell Rock. That's supposed to be the highest frequency location in the Northern Hemisphere, supposedly. Um, Cathedral Rock, that's also beautiful, but you have to take the bus. They don't have parking there anymore. If you want a slice of Sedona life and you just want to chill, I would suggest going to Chocolate Tree. That's an organic vegetarian eatery that we have here. They do have vegan options. They do have non-vegan options. And I think their strongest point are their chocolates and cacao offerings and they have a beautiful outdoor area it's really it's it's really reflects the kind of hippie consciousness where no one's in a hurry but it's a really beautiful kind of garden environment with hammocks and really great seating so those are the biggest highlights but I I don't know if you let me talk about it I'll talk about it all day because (laughs) I know all the little nooks and special spots Take a drive up Oak Creek Canyon too because that's one of the most stunning drives I've ever been on it'll take you up to Flagstaff I love that. I love that. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit of your favorites there, because I think that's really, really important. Well, I've enjoyed chatting with you today. Talk to us a little bit. Are you going to have any more books? Is there a place that people can connect with you, find you? Share with us a little bit about how we connect back in with you if we're interested in finding out more. For sure. Um, in regard to the book, I actually have a book already fully written. It's quite a bit longer than the one that I wrote, How to Become a Mermaid. It goes much more in depth for how to cultivate connecting to elementals as a spiritual practice. Um, I talk a lot more about magic, not just about mermaids and elementals, but that's in part one. I have a part two where I talk about mermaids, sylphs, which are air spirits, the gnomes and the salamanders. I do channelings. Um, I talk about strengths and weaknesses of each one. And it's just much more expansive than what I've already written because after 
writing my initial book, I realized that we really needed so much more and people had a lot of questions and I needed to create a better framework um, for people who really want to commit to this path. So that's already in the works. Um, I'm not sure if inner traditions will want it. We're talking about it. But if not, then we'll figure something out and I'll make sure it gets out into the world because it's my passion and I want to create a mermaid library. But if people want to connect with me in general, I have a website called the SedonaMermaid.com. Um, I've got all sorts of links on there. I've got a blog. If you want to go to that, I do talk about social issues alongside elemental stuff. And under my contact info, I have an email address where people can ask me questions. And I post some of those under a tab called inquiries. And people can kind of get their collective ideas out there into the open and we can start a conversation. I love that. I love that. I'm glad that you have something out there where people can go to and ask questions and that you're willing to respond and answer to them. I think that's really great that you're taking the time to do that. I look forward to your next book and when it gets ready to go, please let us know. I would love to know about the book. And if you're ever in Denver, we'd love to do a book signing with you and have you at the store. So if I'd you ever come to. back for a visit, please let us know. We'd like to do that for you yeah. as well. That sounds yeah. so cool. I would love that. I love going back to Colorado. It's such a beautiful place and just, I don't know, it, it feels like home too. So yeah, I would love to do that. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, right? Yeah, well, for thanks sure. for taking the time to chat with us this morning and to share your perspective and your insights and also more about your book. It's very exciting. I'm sure a lot of individuals in our community will love to connect and learn more. So thank you for that. And thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing Halloween this year <laughs> since that's one of your favorite holidays. Yeah, it's fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. This was beautiful and sweet and I'm totally vibing with the purple in your office. Just this was a really great co-creation. So thank you for having me. <laughs> well, thank you. I love your Halloween tree behind you. Oh, thank you. Here. There. Now people can see it. <laughs> it's really kind of cool. Puts Thank us you. all in that that spirit, right? Of yeah. Halloween coming in. So I, I want love every that. day to feel like a celebration. So this helps me like a permission slip to get into that. I love that. I love that. Well, Elle. Thank you so much. And those listening, thank you for checking out our podcast and check out some of our other episodes. We hope to see you really soon at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts in Littleton, Colorado. Thanks for watching and have a great day. Are you looking for an opportunity to fill your energy tank? When was the last time you invested in self-care? Violet leads a weekend retreat every year in Woodland Park, Colorado. The purpose of the retreat is to reflect, restore, re-energize, and restore one's energy, focus, and direction. Violet's retreats provide the opportunities to connect, learn, and explore your healing and spirituality. What are you waiting for? You can find out more about this annual retreat at www.discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. Thank you for joining us. To find out more about Violet, head over to discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. You can also send a personal message to Violet through email 
violet at discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. If you love this show, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Until next time, remember, we are all meant to have abundant and joyful lives. We hope to see you soon at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts.